You're listening to End of the Line on WRIR 97.3 FM Richmond. End of the Line is an ongoing podcast about the pipeline struggles in Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic. I'm Whitney Whiting. We're definitely like kind of reaching, I feel like, a crucial phase here um, in the mono, in the like timeline of the monopod, and people are, definitely need support, whether that's like food or or resources, um, or just like coming up there and bringing a positive and helpful presence. Like that's definitely definitely something that I would like folks to know. <laughs> Over the last two months, tree sits have sprung up in at least three different locations along the route of the Mountain Valley Pipeline. A tree sit is a direct action tactic. It's a form of blockade that requires an immense amount of energy and dedication. The presence of not one, but at least five different tree sits simultaneously taking place in Appalachia is a testament to the long tradition of resistance in this region. But in nearly every instance, the reaction from the state has been to draw new lines, using natural and unnatural boundaries to create separation between tree sitters and their supporters. Hey, Red. It's Whitney. (laughs) And Jenny. My first visit to Red Terry's tree sit on Bent Mountain was April 10th with Jenny Chapman. It had been well over a week since Red had first been discovered in her tree by MVP survey crews. You doing okay? Do you need me to get you anything? No, they just brought barbecue and I'm, a, I'm as full as a tent. Damn, you're eating high on the hog up there. I really am. Miss Belmont's supposed to bring me a steak tonight. <laughs> At the time, supporters were still able to bring her food, as heard in Jenny's conversation with Red that day. When we arrived, there was a troop of men, mostly in plain clothes, with backpacks and cameras, It was unclear whether they were with MVP's private security, Roanoke County, or some other law enforcement agency. They took pictures and video of the tree sit in the nearby support tent before moving on. One of them conversed with Red and told her they'd bring her a burger themselves the next time they came through. Well, hey, Steve. How are you, man? We we meet again. Yes, we do. How are you today? Well, I love this kind of weather. I got you. We do, too. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to move it on out that way. All right. You guys have a good day. I'll see you along the way somewhere. I'm sure you will. Bye, Emory. No more Jason's going on. Security, we met him yesterday on Four Mountain. Two days later, MVP would be back to cut Red's trees, and the Roanoke County Police would come with them to cut off supply lines and install a do not cross line around the tree sit. But even now, people continue to visit Red, shouting out their encouragement and gratitude to her, singing songs and sharing stories, while just feet away, MVP, Roanoke County, and Virginia State Police share a tent of their own. We're with you, Red! Thank you, Red! Yes, thank you! They giving you everything you need up there? Uh, no, they said they were going to. You're doing just about all you can do, so leave the rest up to us. Three students from Roanoke College came to Red Sit with their professor on a rainy day in late April. Two of them were taking a backpacking class. 
I'm an environmental major, so um, I've kind of been learning about what this means for the, the water, the pristine water nearby. I heard it personally from my professor first, and this was probably like over a month ago before Red ever got up in the tree, and there's a lot of talk about the pipeline coming through here. And then um, it's been definitely spread over social media, um, and I've been around, it's reached Roanoke College in the past, I think she's been up there yeah, for three weeks. So, so it became really familiar, and now it's, it's kind of definitely, I mean, you're from Richmond, so it's becoming a statewide thing, and maybe we're pushing it into the national spotlight. Recent social media posts showed that solidarity banners as far away as Massachusetts had been placed on the Appalachian Trail, which the MVP intends to cross. One of the Roanoke students mentioned that he's actually from New England, so I asked him whether he thinks the events down here could possibly resonate with people he knows up north. I definitely think so. Um, I know a lot of other good friends that have fight the Haiti, and it, it runs through a corner of New England, actually through my county. Um, so I think, I mean, I'm biased because, you know, I'm from New England and I'm from the East Coast, but I think the AT is the, the most beautiful trail that there is in, in America and the U.S. Um, and I think people are going to be up in arms at the fact that, you know, this runs basically parallel to it. I know it's supposed to be a feat of engineering, but that just seems illogical to me. And be it's a never lot been done before, I'm not a, sure. <laughs> a lot easier to do it in the flatlands, but if anything. Plans are for maintaining um, it. Exactly. I mean, it will be hard to maintain if it's running through through a bunch of ridges. But um, I definitely think that there's a lot of people that would identify with what's going on. Definitely up in Massachusetts and Connecticut and New Hampshire and Vermont and Maine, um, and from from up north for sure. And I mean, I hope to see more awareness of it. With or without media attention, MVP's choice to bore under one of the most beloved mountains on the Appalachian Trail, Peters Mountain, has meant that through hikers are inevitably finding out about the pipeline's construction and the resistance to it. Howdy. Whoa, cattle guard. Did they train this guard? <laughs> we're, we're protesting the MVP pipeline, if you guys didn't know that. If you want to go see it, you can cut off the trail and go up the mountain that way. But the pink okay. I don't leave the trail for no one's business, but I wish you guys a lot of luck. <laughs> All right, you'll mountain. see another camp at the top of Peter's Mountain. You'll probably see the tree pods up there. Last time I checked, it was... 28 days in the month. I think the monopod's over over 30 now. I think. We're but yeah, yeah, that, that, that was a while ago. So. Peter's Mountain's probably over two months as well. I recently spoke with three tree sit supporters, Galen, Wooby, and Trish, who talked to me about the monopod and its support camp, which has now been in place for over six weeks. They explained that the situation there has been constantly changing due to the lines the Forest Service have drawn and redrawn around the protester. At first, says Galen, the camp was much closer to the Forest Service road and to Nutty, the person who has been living at the top of the monopod. The, the Forest Service got that closure order around the road and then pushed everybody back. Um, so they also call <laughs> the new camp Slanty Camp because it is 
on a very steep slant on the hill, and there's nothing that is flat. And so everything rolls, and all the tents are on a slant. This has meant difficulty in getting to the monopod and difficulty camping there. Everyone's initial <laughs> uh, sort of initiation to camp support there is, you know, sitting by the fire in a chair, and eventually you you go sideways and you're on the ground, and it happens to almost everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to sit into it. Sit into a lounge chair around the fire. It's like I feel like I've I've fallen a number of times, and a lot of people who show up for the first time, yeah, they just I I've fallen tip once. over. <laughs> On the walk there, it's like really, really steep. It's not an easy access, <laughs> but I find that each time I hike in and I see familiar faces and I see Nutty still there, and the, the hike itself, you know, kind of like falls away. Initially, the, the monopod was set... Um, was staked in the center of the Forest Service Road to, um, I believe, act as sort of a blockade so that the, um, you know, would kind of stall the access and sort of protect that space, you know, hold that space. They cannot use this road uh, in which her pole is standing until they get her out of there. And it's apparently a physically difficult thing to do. I'm here with about another 10 other people um, who have shown up in support of her efforts. There's about uh, nearly an equal number of Mountain Valley Pipeline security people. After the initial discovery of the monopod and uh, some supporters were there um, exercising their First Amendment rights and protest, um, the Forest Service uh, made everyone leave. And um, that, so some of the supporters that were not leaving her uh, basically just went up into the woods into National Forest space and set up you know, some tents and a campfire and some of their supplies and, and, uh, and never left. If you're just tuning in, you're catching End of the Line, an ongoing podcast about the pipeline struggles in Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic. Today, we're catching up on the situation with the monopod sitter, also known as Nutty. Nutty has been living at the top of a 50-foot pole on the Forest Service Road in Giles County for over six weeks. Forest Service continues to push her supporters further and further away by drawing lines and then redrawing them and arresting anyone who crosses the line. It's made camping difficult, it's made hiking to the monopod dangerous, and it's made getting supplies to Nutty for continued support all but impossible. But as recent social media posts have proclaimed, Nutty is still there. I think for a lot of people, one thing you know that's that's important to know is you access where you access the Appalachian Trail off of Pocahontas Road in Giles County. Um, it, you you have to park off of the road, off of the Blacktop Road, and they're very strict with the enforcement. If your tire is on the pavement, then you know they could ticket you, tow you. So, you know, anyone supporting, we're very careful to get all the way off the road. 
Uh, the wellness center nearby has offered parking, so if people want to carpool, um, it's a great way to kind of hook up there and um, come in. And you're immediately greeted by the Forest Service official when you step foot onto the gravel of Pocahontas Road. So, and then the trail comes down. A group of TreeSit supporters, accompanied by delicate Sam Rissole, recently went up to the trailhead to deliver food and items to the Monopod Support Camp, or Slanty Camp, as it is now affectionately called. Sure enough, as our group approached the road, a Forest Service agent stopped us. I advise you all, you're welcome to do what you want to do, mm -hmm. but just realize um, with some choices there are consequences. Now, I see that you have food in your hand. I suspect that that is for the uh, person that's in the uh, tree. If that is the case, you will not be allowed to give that to her or him. We understand yeah. that. And so, it's for the um, support team. Okay. Yeah. My name is uh, Delegate Samer, so I'm a state yes, representative. Nice to meet area. you, sir. Pleasure to meet you. Yes, sir. We're here uh, uh, to stand in solidarity, but no one wants to do anything that um, we're not supposed to do today. Okay. We're just going to go check out the trailhead. Yes, sir. And then we're going to make our way on back. And okay. uh, our group is um, um, wanting to make sure that we know that that the people of Peters Mountain know that we stand with them, but we are fully here to comply with the law. Okay, that's okay. great. Yes, sir. Okay. And also, are you all fully familiar with the closure order? If not, I can explain some things to you that will that, make it simple. That would be beneficial. To okay. Make sure that the Forest Service agent went on to explain that the public road leading up to the mountain was closed for our safety. TreeSit supporters have maintained that the road closure is not only making it more unsafe for them to reach the mountain, it's also unconstitutional. And some Virginia legislators agree. On May 2nd, lawyer and senator for the 34th Virginia District, Chap Peterson, announced that he was suing the Forest Service for their closure of the public road. His lawsuit claims that the road closure is a violation of First Amendment rights. In the meantime, in order to continue their support for Nutty and their protest of the Mountain Valley Pipeline, locals have been forced to make their own set of trails to get up to the top of the Forest Service Road. And the terrain is is pretty crazy. I mean, it you know, it's very hilly, it's rocky. At, at some points there's like, you know, there's ravines and so you're going straight down and then you're climbing straight back up. Um, so it can be a little intimidating, but I can say that, if, you know, if I can do it, you know, anyone can do it. And um, there I've seen, you know, families up there, you know, hikers with their kids and um, up singing for Nutty and musicians up playing for Nutty. They've named one of the self-made trails, Hail Trail, in honor of one of the supporters who has managed almost daily hikes in and out. We've also affectionately named the entire ridge Nutty's Ridge because we have so much appreciation for what she's doing and, and really what she stands for. Once you reach that the, point the there of the AT mm -hmm. where the stairway uh, is, mm -hmm. Go up there. beyond that point you cannot be on this road. Yep. So. So do you all understand what I've just said? Thank you so much okay. for explaining that all right. to me, and that's our intention today. Yes, okay. Explaining it to us, excuse me. I appreciate your cooperation. Thank you, sir. Uh -huh. I you appreciate welcome. it. On April 22, 2018, three people were arrested at the site of the monopod 
for stepping over the line that marks the closure of the Forest Service Road in what some say was an attempt to resupply their friend, Nutty. The following exchange took place between local tree sit supporters and Giles County Sheriff deputies who were called to the scene by the Forest Service to assist in the arrests. Giles County deputies on site repeatedly insisted that they were not there to arrest anyone and that they were not assisting the Mountain Valley Pipeline either. Hey, why y'all arresting him? He was not inside the closure order. Well, that's who they said. He was not inside the closure order. That, that's the force. We have no jurisdiction of what they do. And the reason I can't even arrest him is we didn't see him whether he was down there or whether he was up there. We've not seen him anywhere. We're, we're not defending anything. We were just called for assistance. That's the reason we're up here. The Forest Service. You're defending the Mountain Valley Pipeline. And we're not defending anybody. You are. You were called for assistance by people defending the Mountain Valley Pipeline, which means you are also defending the pipeline. I understand. But the same scenario. If you all called us for assistance, somebody would attack you all. We'd come up here and assist you all, too. That's what we're sworn to do. We're I'm going to call you for assistance. The Forest Service is not letting this person get food or water. What are you going to do about it? We're state employees. They're federal employees. They've got jurisdiction over us. What are you going to do about it? There's nothing I can do. They have jurisdiction over us. You just said us. if we called for assistance, you would help us. You're not helping us. You're not helping her. You're helping them. She was actually You're there. helping MVP. She was there actually before the closure order was in place, so she has the right to be there. Come on. Jamie, listen, I'm not for the pipeline. Seriously? I'm not against the pipeline. I have a sworn duty to hold, and you, and you know this. You and I have already talked about this. I know this. I know this, but... And I'm, I'm not, we're not here to cause any of you any trouble <coughs> at all. No. I just want you to understand that that closure order on the pretext of public safety is a violation of my First Amendment rights. Yeah, and that's something that you all need to talk to your local legislators about. That's not something actually we have anything to do with. The local legislators say it's federal. Yeah. They won't help us either. Well, we can't enforce federal law. So we enforce state code and state law, but not even federal law. We have no jurisdiction on federal law. Give her some food. At that moment, someone pointed out that the Giles County Sheriff could call their EMTs to do a wellness check for Nutty, to which the Giles County officer responded that that was not their jurisdiction, even though they had just admitted to calling EMTs for someone else on the scene. We, we have no hey, EMTs, you know that there's someone in that pod that needs food? She's hungry. She could use a wellness check too. MVP gets mad, Forest Service increases the closure order. It has nothing to do with public safety. In fact, it's you just came up it. Yeah, it's a lot more dangerous it's that a way. A lot more dangerous. I, I ran into a snake. It was very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a safe place to be. Snakes are coming out now. Yeah. I got lost coming up here yesterday. Oh, really? I was totally turned around. I believe that Mountain Valley Pipeline is calling the shots. Um, I believe they're directing uh, what happens. I believe they're the authority that's reaching out to detectives and special agents and, you know, trying to get information on, you know, what tactics, you know, might work to get, you know, to get Nutty out of, off of the monopod. I, um, I get a little nervous um, because from what I, what I saw, um, certainly in the photographs and what some of my friends shared with me, you know, there was, you know, excessive force used during the arrest. Um, 
I believe Nutty and several other people had to literally call out of the woods to um, to the Forest Service individuals and law enforcement to, you know, to stop, take it easy, don't be so rough. Um, it's not what I expect out of my Forest Service. Well, when they arrested me, uh, I was actually um, outside of the closure order in, in the camp. There's guys in one guy in a green shirt two guys in blue shirts and i think a guy in a brown shirt different jurisdictions um definitely some giles county i think um i think two of them had ars um they kind of just came into camp um and uh just told me to sit on the ground and cuff me or whatever at a certain point i was getting carried by like my knees and then one had his hands wrapped right around my neck which was pretty difficult um and I actually like, couldn't breathe or, or do much. They were also doing this pain compliance thing where they like jam your, they jam their like thumbs up behind um, your ears, like into your skull. I don't know if there's like a pressure point there, but um, that also was pretty painful. I feel like they're is like among people who have kind of been been through this process and folks who have have fought pipelines and, and mines uh, in Appalachia for a long time, like there's kind of a feeling of like, wow, like we've gotten really far with this. And um, like personally, like almost like a feeling of disbelief of like, whoa, this monopod's been up for 30 days. Like that's bananas. And like people have been like actively stopping construction and logging for like, almost over two months now um those like facts i think definitely like lead people to be like wow like we're we're like pretty well positioned in this moment and like obviously there's lots of setbacks and like you know we're we're never gonna have like the the power that the state does and the power that like mvp does in like a number of senses but in other senses i feel like we're we're definitely winning on a lot of fronts and like that's not to say that the battle is won i don't think that the battle is won at all but like there's, there's like momentum, I guess, for sure. I don't know. I also don't really feel like we're at, like we're winning, but I feel we, like we are not. What was it? <laughs> Word. <laughs> That's a and what about Nutty? So much of the attention has been on her physical state how much food and water she has left, and whether the Forest Service is attempting to starve her out of action. But what does she want people to focus on? I don't think that she wants to be the center of attention. I think that if there's anything that we can do um, as a, a citizenry or a, you know, as, as folks in Appalachia, it's, it's to um, just take her lead and be willing. We're going to close this episode with the most recent words from Nutty herself, which were posted to social media on May 3rd, 2018. Today marks the start of week six, and the monopod in the Hellbender Autonomous Zone is still standing. For most of those weeks now, the Forest Service and Mountain Valley Pipeline personnel camped below me have been my closest human neighbors. Every day, I am grateful that they are not my only ones. Atop the monopod, I have been able to watch, 
from a closer and more intimate standpoint than ever before, how tight brown buds produce supple green leaves of black birch, tulip poplar, red maple, red oak, and more. It's hard to tell sometimes which trees fall within the blue and white limit of destruction stakes on either side of the road. I often wonder how many of them will live to see another spring. In their branches and calling out from the surrounding woods and sky, the birds are always here with me. Chickadees, tufted titmice, blue jays, oven birds, red-eyed vireos, scarlet tanagers, and a downy woodpecker. The black-throated green warblers often fly close enough in the canopy for me to spot them rather than just listen to them. There are other species as well, which I hope I can ID as soon as I get a chance to listen to birdsong CDs and look at a field guide. There's a whippoorwill that sings so loud I can sometimes hear its call, even over the noise of the generator that the cops run all night to power the lights aimed towards the support camp. Turkey vultures frequently soar above me, and a pair of ravens, who we suspect nest higher on the mountain, come visit often. Yesterday, a bat enlivened the evening, fluttering up the road as I shouted across to ground support. I haven't heard one of those in years. 20 years. These are only a few of the beings impacted by the Mountain Valley Pipeline, by the Atlantic Coast Pipeline, and by all the processes of extraction and domination these pipelines are but a small part of. We cannot escape the fact that we belong to a species that thoughtlessly slaughters others, that commits enormous massacres on local and global ecological scales, as soon as profit or convenience justifies it. Pipelines don't only kill wild lives and damage remaining wild spaces. Each fossil fuel infrastructure project is another step towards a future of vanishing nature, where relations with other species built on anything other than exploitation become mere memories. Each project mounts another destructive obstacle to forming different kinds of relationships with the other than human beings we share this planet with another attack against the people and communities trying to protect them. I am not only here because the pipeline threatens human lives, autonomy, and livelihoods. I'm here for them, the birds, the bushes and trees, the amphibians and arthropods. I am here in memory of all who have already perished as a result of the corporate interests of this pipeline at the hands of this devastating civilization, and for all the wild things who remain still here. More to come in the next episode of End of the Line. Special thanks for this episode goes to Jack R. Johnson for his visit to the monopod and his contributions of audio recordings. Special thanks also to Emily Satterwhite, Delegate Sam Rasol, Russell Chisholm, Trish McLawhorn, Doug and Betty, Galen and Wooby, the students from Roanoke College, and Nutty. Music by Restroy. Find the full EP at milkfactoryproductions.bandcamp.com. Additional music by Lobo Marino. Find them on lobomarinomusic.com. Catch all episodes from End of the Line at pipelinepodcast.org or soundcloud.com slash pipelinepodcast.